It's your word I believe Your word is all I need It's your word I believe Your word It's your word I believe Your word is everything Your word is everything It's your word it's your word I believe, your word. Lamp unto my feet, lamp unto my feet, light unto my path. It's your word I believe, your word. Lamp unto my feet, lamp unto my Light unto my path, light unto my path. It's your word I believe. Your word. Hallelujah. Dear Father, we thank you for your manifest presence here. We ask and we receive that we receive insight and revelation to your word. That all our questions are answered. Our doubts are dissolved. Our needs are met by the power of your holy name. Oh, thank you for our hearts burn with so much clarity. We live here better than we came. And I pray and I decree that even as your word goes forth, that everyone that comes in contact with this receives healing supernatural. Everyone that comes in contact with this sick or infirmed is healed thoroughly by the virtue of your word. Oh, thank you, Father, because it is so. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Okay, so the eternal salvation lawsuits, as we started about four weeks ago. And um, just like I have been following the order of the responses or defense, um, against the plaintiff's um, exhibits, and uh, this looks like it's a series that is going to run through to even November. <laughs> wow. That's okay. So let's see how far we can go. Uh, so we've um, answered a number of questions, even so far, started um, with the um, defendant um, presenting his case and going ahead. We have the um, plaintiff um, bringing his piece of evidence, okay, to criticize the claim of eternal salvation, okay, and we have seen the defense of the defendant in response to this, okay. We have um, cleared out Jonah chapter one verse three, okay. Uh, we have seen that it is impossible to flee from the presence of God. Uh, Matthew seven twenty one to twenty three about. Um, some will say to me, Lord, Lord, that not all that say to me, Lord, Lord, will, um, ent will enter into the kingdom of God. Okay, and we also see that they're not talking about pastors <laughs> and uh, those choir, choir masters. <laughs> uh, we have always, uh, that many have claimed it talks about. Okay, we've seen Matthew 10 22, either uh, um, enjoy to the end shall be saved. So that the salvation, there is no salvation from sin or salvation from damnation, but salvation from physical death, which is a result of um, 
persecutions we saw Matthew 12 um, 31 to 32 um, that we just saw that um, we just um, viewed that to an extent because I presented um, an exhibit the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost and I said we should listen to that okay so we were able to see that together with um, Luke Luke's account in Luke 12 8 to 9 answering two questions in one about the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost and what's denying Jesus before men okay we were able to see that that's done by on those who have not believed the gospel uh we went ahead to see matthew 24 and we we ended up dwelling there for so long i didn't know we were going to spend so long there i think we spent over an hour if i remember very well matthew 24 all right and what i was thinking of course the basic um very part that we examined was verse 13 i also thought about it that joe to the end shall be saved but when i got to pay attention more to the teaching, I found out that it cleared out a number of things as well, including um, questions and doubts about rapture. That is Jesus talking about rapture here and some other things. Alright, so um, that's beautiful. And okay, so today we continue from there. Alright, so um, okay, now one thing we saw in that study, Matthew 24, that is actually talking about um, you know, we there, there's a movement called um, I think I, I talked about when I explained on the um, visions in the book of Daniel. I was talking about preterism. That is a movement called preterism. Um, preterists that believe that all the prophecies in the Bible are fulfilled. Okay, and we have the futurists that believe that um, none have been fulfilled. That they are all for a um, future date. Okay, but one thing we can see. Okay, thank God we did a, an exhaustive study last week. Um, we are simply partial preterists. So we believe that some have been fulfilled. Okay, do not all. But actually, so many of them have been fulfilled already. Okay, of course, one of the major ones that have not been, have not been fulfilled is the second coming of Jesus. Okay, so um, we are persuaded, we are convinced beyond every reasonable doubt that that is in the future and that is for us. Okay, so, um, but Matthew 24 uh, was talking about what the destruction of Jerusalem. Jesus started by saying that what, there will be no stone left upon the other that will not be broken down. Okay, and uh, you know, and that happened. I said that happened in 78 and I, and I presented that as an exhibit as well, as an ex- exhibit E, that we should um, pay attention and um, read through on the, the um, siege of Jerusalem or destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD. Alright, so we were able to see how that many of those words that sounded like they were talking about the coming of Jesus, like maybe those uh, words like the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars stars will fall from heaven, the powers of heaven are, of the heavens will be shaken, were all metaphorical. Okay? We were able to see how that that was familiar and embracing. It was prophesied even in the time of the destruction of um, Egypt by Babylon. And that happened as early as around the 7th century BC. Okay, and those descriptions were all also were prophesied about it, and that was also, was also fulfilled uh, prophesied sorry about the destruction of um, Babylon itself. Okay, and that happened around the sixth century um, BC. Okay, and those um, metaphorical statements were also prophesied about that. Okay, so it, this is not so. This um, use of word is not as a unique use of words. Okay, it's actually um, talking about judgment. 
Okay, it's a metaphoric expression. It just talks about judgment and destruction. Okay, that happen, that follow. Okay, or that goes in tandem with that. Alright, so one thing we have seen so far from our um, previous three weeks of study is that what the 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 the, the message or better the the second coming of Jesus or quote unquote though the word is not found in the in the Bible but could be insinuated the word rapture okay that the word rapture or basically the second coming of Jesus is actually not a message of fear okay like it has always been preached to be over the years okay it has always been ah you know. When the past, well, that's just one way to catch the congregation. When the congregation, has, when the members of the congregation are too excited, um, all right. So when the members of the congregation are too excited, you know, and the pastor feels they need to be sober, then he begins to talk about death that can happen at any time, and talk about the coming of Jesus. Now, will you go? Yeah. You know, um, you know, check yourself. Are you sure you will go? Even me that I'm standing before you, I'm not sure. <laughs> and you know, even the members of the, you know, the members of the church, we won't become more scared. That even our pastor, even our pastor is not sure. <laughs> what are we? <laughs> All right. But we have seen that it's actually not a message of fear. It's actually a message of comfort. We, you know, we pay attention to first, first Thessalonians four. You know, he said something like what um, do not why why do you sorrow about those that are falling asleep, those that have died, like people that do not have hope? For if you believe that Jesus died and rose again, then you know that that same thing is going to happen to you. Okay? That the dead in Christ will rise first, and we which are alive and remain will be caught up together in the clouds to meet with the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And he went ahead to say that what therefore what comfort one another with these words. In 1 Corinthians 15, it says that for if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we have all men most miserable. Then why not just eat and drink for tomorrow we die? But it says that what, but now is Christ risen from the dead for, for real. So if Christ really rose from the dead, then the same thing is going to happen to us. See that Christ is risen from the dead and become the first food of men that slept. Okay? So our, our resurrection is, is patterned after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Okay? That was said that what first of all Christ as the first fruit and then those that are Christ at the resurrection. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Alright, so we we'll move ahead. Okay, we we'll stopped at Matthew 24. So we we'll move ahead to Matthew chapter 25. And that's the story of um, the parable of the, the um, 12, I mean the 10 virgins. I think it's a familiar story, right? It's familiar right from our childhood days. So please let's very fast our Bible so we'll be able to finish up on time. I really want to Beat time today. God help us. <laughs> God. All right. So please let's turn there. Matthew chapter twenty-five and verse one. Matthew twenty-five, verse one. Are we there? All right. Now please pay attention while I read. He says, "The kingdom of heaven shall be likened to them ten virgins who took their lambs and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish." Those who were foolish took the lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight the cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all the vir- those virgins arose and turned their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us 
and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went out to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterwards, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Surely I say to you, I do not know you. Alright, I, I guess at least from, from this verse 11 and 12, you can see uh, one statement they made was Lord, Lord. Right? And in, in that verse 11 and verse 12, you can see this, the response, I do not know you. I guess that's similar with Matthew 7. Right or right? Okay, so would consider Matthew 7 as a kind of key. Okay, to understand this verse. So if, if you could understand Matthew 7, then actually there should be less difficulty in understanding this parable. Don't you think so? Huh? Alright. That's beautiful. Now, one thing I, before I go ahead with that, so I do not forget. Alright. Can we place our Bibles on our chest? Alright. Our old. Okay, are we together? Okay, our other hand up. Okay. Now, that's on the premise that we all believe that the Bible does not contradict itself. Right or right? Okay. So, say with me, I believe in the Bible. I believe that the Bible does not contradict itself. I believe that the Bible is consistent just as God is. Therefore, I solemnly pledge that I will not conclude on my thoughts and personal opinions, but I stand with whichever argument triumphs in the light of well-explained and well-corroborated Bible texts. I choose to let the Bible speak for itself. So help me God. Amen. Alright, so pay attention to our caveat that says, what if a believer can ever truly lose his salvation, then it must be proven so in the light of well-explained and well-corroborated Bible texts. Otherwise, the argument is considered invalid and therefore annulled. Alright, so, so far we have not been able to come to terms with the, the, uh, with the plaintiff's argument that salvation can be lost. But we still have to give you the benefit of the doubt. Just like I posted online, we have closely about, I mean, approximately about 40 of them, in which we'll be examining the bulk of them. In this series, so um, we have seen a couple of them, and we continue. Okay, so Matthew 26, the Bible of the, 12, the ten virgins. All right, now I want you to know something. Okay, now parables. Okay, parables were. Okay, they are and they were for or to the Jews. You, there was no point in the Bible where Jesus spoke the parable to. Who spoke in uh, uh, parable to a Gentile. Even when he went to Samaria and met a Samaritan woman, he didn't speak in parables to them. No record of that. When he entered the city of Sika in Samaria, when they were when they all listened to him, there was no record of speaking parables to them. Okay? They are for the Jews. Alright? So it's important for you to know, okay, now parables, you know, one of the uh, popular um, definitions, um, I think it says um, an earthly story with an heavenly meaning. Okay, that's, that's actually a good definition, okay, to a large extent. Okay, so it's all about something that has a deep significance, but is being presented in, um, a, in a, a setting, in a word setting that can be related with. Are you following me? 
that's what a parable is. All right, it's from the Greek word parabole. All right, so um, I, I need to say this before we start the major, um, to investigate it majorly now. I want you to know that il, um, parables are like illustrations, okay? And illustrations, okay, I, you know, I remember the first time I, I got to talk about illustrations in 2017, um, okay? You know, illustrations cannot be perfect. Illustrations can never be perfect. Now, one of the examples I give most often is, for example, when I say, um, uh, when we see uh, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 to 2, talking about the, the prophets having portions of the truth, that, uh, that everyone had a portion of the truth, but they didn't have full revelation. So, so Jesus that came with full, with the revelation of the truth and everything. You know, and I'm giving an illustration like, maybe I say, Abraham had flour, um, Moses had um, baking soda, um, um, whereas David had oil, um, Isaiah had yeast, and something like that. And I said that when Jesus comes together, and he comes together, or came to, uh, and brought everything together, and gave us what cake, which is the revelation. You know, someone that is not interested in the significance of what I'm teaching, we just come from nowhere and say, ah, why is it cake? Why can't it be biscuits? Why can't it be bread? Why can't it be chinchin? Okay? But just pay attention and get the significance. That's what's important in a parable. Okay? It's the significance that matters. Not uh, trying to decode every... <laughs> yeah, you get what I'm saying? Okay? You know, you want to um, decode every element in a way that must satisfy you. Okay? Parable, um, illustrations can never be perfect. Okay? So it is the... It is the... It is the um, it is the meaning that is important, the significance. Now, why, why am I saying that? Because the truth is that no matter how you want to explain this parable, you will always have that question. That why is it that okay now there are ten virgins? Let let us know that the ten virgins represent everyone, every everybody. Okay. Now that means everybody that could be saved. Why? Okay. Why some enter into the kingdom where some were not able to enter? So let's. I'm just trying to take a general. Um, platform now, um, a general view that some that represents everybody that could be saved, some got saved. I mean, sorry, some um, were able to make it to heaven, some were unable to make it to heaven because of one reason or the other. So it represents everybody, like the way it's happening that some will make it to heaven and some will not make it to heaven. Okay, now you, there's no how you want to explain it. The question will come to mind that what about what about those those that the wise virgin told the foolish virgin that they should go and meet to go and buy. She those ones are not interested in making them. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's how you want to explain it. Okay? But the thing is that, well, that's why I started by saying that what it is the significance that matters. If you get yourself drawn away by, by those things, you, you, you find yourself in a land of no return. Okay? You just be in a cool desert, like a land, you just be, you just be moving in circles. A place that does not exactly have an end, or a, okay? An exit. As the exit point. Alright, so we have seen now that this um, parable is similar with Matthew 7, right? Alright, okay? We have seen some, uh, some beautiful things. Now, as we continue, um, let's, let's um, point out some things to note from this parable. Okay? Now, one, you know, this parable is actually, is actually seen as something that is directed to Christians. Okay? That there are some Christians, because of their faithfulness, because of what they were doing for God and everything, in the end, Jesus will accept them into the kingdom. But some Christians, because they did not do many things, they were just living, doing this, doing that, and everything, Jesus will say that what? He does not know them. 
I guess that's the familiar explanation, right? Right or right? But one thing we have seen as well is that this is not just it. I mean, this, I mean that explanation was, has never been given just to this Bible. It was given to Matthew 7 as well. Isn't it? Okay? And we are able to see out that that is not valid. Right or right? Okay? And that, Matthew 7 is a key to this. Okay? We have seen in, 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 in some important uh, pointers as well already. But just pay attention. Now, like I said, I said parables are written to Jews. Now, the, the, the important thing to note actually is that the word virgin doesn't make them Christians. Because many people believe that because they use the word virgins, that's why they have to be Christians and everything. Okay? The word virgins simply shows, okay, basically, actually, this Bible in basic terms, okay, where, where in reference to Jews. Okay? Now, the Jews had the promise, had everything. You know the, the Christ, and it was like it was certain that salvation was for them. Everybody would be saved, and everything. That one makes them virgins. Okay, just just follow, just pay attention. All right. Now I said things to note. Okay. Now number one, the foolish virgins didn't run out of oil, and that's very important to note. Of, note, the foolish virgins didn't run out of oil. Okay, they took no oil at all. So it's not maybe they are oil finished. They took no oil at all. Okay? Look at look at it now. Look at verse 3. Are you there? Look at verse 3. And I want us to please pay attention and also be very fast so we'll be able to round off in time. Look at verse 3. Are we there? Look at what it says. Is that what? Those who were foolish, what happened? Took their lamps and what? Can you see that? Took no oil with them. You no, know, going up, what we always thought is that what, um, they went, but they took no extra oil with them. Right or right? Okay, so that they were going, all of them, their lamps were on. But as, as time was going, their lamp began, the foolish ones, their lamp began to go out, go out, go out. But they didn't take extra oil, so they weren't able to keep the lamp, uh, it on. But what is written here, which should not be misinterpreted, is that what they took no oil with them. Even some few Bible translations that use the word extra, you always see it in italics. So show that word, it was the bias of the translators. Okay? So that word is not there. They took no oil at all with them. Okay? So you see that this, this should help you actually realize better that this, this Bible is intended with Matthew 7. What happened? They took no oil at all with them. These folks were never saved. But just follow. Now the second thing to note is that the distinction between okay now that's going to be clear and of course what we have seen that what they were all virgins but why some had oil with them others did not have oil with them okay now look at verse 4 as well before i continue you see that what when the foolish did not take oil with them the, the it was not recorded that the wise okay tell me what's in your bible what's in verse 4 in your bibles Okay. No, the, the mindset has always been like the wise took extra oil. So that they were born, their lamps were burning, but it was in the night when everything had already burned out because they had extra oil, they were able to refuel. But what was written here that they took oil, not they took extra oil. So there was never a, a, a mention throughout this reference that oil, that maybe their lamps went out, so they would need to refuel or whatever. They, they either had oil or didn't have oil. Okay, so the second thing to note is that what the distinction 
between believers and unbelievers may not be apparent. When I say apparent, I mean obvious. Okay? I mean obvious, lucid. It may not be apparent, apparent until the coming of Christ. It may not be apparent until the coming of Christ. You know, when, when we examine chapter 7, you know, we look at, um, okay, in verse 15 of chapter 7, when he was talking about um, false prophets, he says, Beware of false prophets who come to you what, in sheep clothing, but they are what, inwardly ravenous wolves. Can you see that? So, what will you be seeing? You'll be seeing them as sheep. Why the white? Do you know what I'm saying? Okay, so that's one thing important to note. Okay, verse 20, 21 also, they say that what not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, I'm talking about that's in chapter 7 now. Not everyone that say, enter, I mean, says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father in heaven. So that means they all add a kind of familiarity with Jesus. So they all look the same in the physical. Are you following me? This difference was not obvious, okay, until it was time to separate them. Okay, and that was, that was exactly what happened. And exactly what's happening here as well in Matthew 25. Okay, so what the difference, the distinction between believers and non-believers may not be apparent until the second coming of Christ. You know? It was all, it was, from, from what we see, we said what the five foolish virgins were almost on, they were almost indistinguishable from the five wise ones. They were all virgins. This is that the, the, the definition of wise and foolish is actually not from the beginning. It's not maybe one was carrying, five were carrying the tag that we are wise. Five some were saying they were foolish. It was when it was time, <laughs> when it was time, when the Bible came, that it became obvious those who were wise and who were foolish. Okay, but um, the third thing to note is that what none, and this is also very important though, that none of the ten virgins, now this is one I'm telling you, saying in, in, in verse 3, okay, Okay, just follow. None of the ten virgins knew when the bridegroom would arrive. And that's obvious. Okay? Obvious. Um, in, in verse 5, that says that what, why the bridegroom was delayed. KJV, why the bridegroom tarried. They all slumbered and slept. Okay? So none of the ten virgins knew when the, virgin, uh, the bridegroom would arrive. Okay? So we do not find five, the five um, foolish virgins asleep. Why the five um, wise virgins were busily at work. No. They all would slumbered and slept. Okay, that's very important. Alright, so let's follow now. Let's start from verse 1. Are we there? Okay. Verse 1 says what? Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. There was one thing common to them. The other lamps. Why the right? Okay. They went out to meet the bridegroom. Now two. says, Now five of them were wise and five foolish. Okay. Now verse three. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. Alright. Now, once we have been able to see that what the distinction between the two was not that maybe some had insufficient oil 
why the other one had abundant oil? No. It was a difference of having oil or not having oil. Why the white? Okay. So that's very important. So he says what um, in verse 4 now, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamp. So with the explanation we have seen so far, so, so what does the oil symbolize? What does the oil symbolize? You know, same thing that Jesus symbolized by the narrow gate in Matthew 7. And that's what? Faith. Faith in Christ Jesus. Faith in Christ Jesus. We were able to see that that was what distinguished um, them. Um, everyone that called him Lord, Lord. Okay? That what some of them would do the will of God. And that will is that what enter through the narrow gates. Because that is the road that leads to life. If you don't go to the narrow gate, there's nothing I can do. Because the narrow gate is the only gate that leads to life. Okay? So what that's symbolic, that's the oil. What faith in Christ Jesus. Okay? So it could quite be inferred, inferred, seeing that what the lamps was, well, I mean, the lamps are something that were common to all of them. You could say that the lamps are their hearts, okay? Because um, 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 believing is with the heart. Right or right? Okay? Um, um, Romans 10 that says that what if thou shalt believe with thy heart, okay? The Lord Jesus, okay? Um, you know, um, unbelief also is with the heart. As you see in Hebrews 3, that says that what, um, beware lest any, any of you has what, an evil heart of unbelief. Okay. Alright. So what the oil is, it symbolizes what, faith in Christ Jesus. And you see how that makes sense as we follow. Now you, you, you see some things we get clear as we, as we follow now. See verse 5 says, but why the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. Every single person. Look at verse 6. Now, this is very important now. Verse 6. Are we there? Look at something. That says, and at midnight. Can you see that? Can you see that? And at midnight. That shows something very importantly. You see that it's going to... Many, things we, many of the pieces will be coming together to get clearer. I mean, it, it shows... It helps us to realize that in the earlier situation, they were in the daytime. Why the right? Okay, okay. In the, early, in the earlier situation, they were in the daytime. Okay, so it was apparently difficult to distinguish the wise from the foolish. Why? Huh? Because in the daytime, there's no need to trim their lamps. Can you see that? So now maybe they were all going with their lamps, going with their lamps, going with their lamps, and one thing is, um, while the bathroom was waiting, was delaying, they said, let me sleep, yeah, let's off our lamps, yeah, yeah, and sleep. So when the Bible now came, they now tried to run the alarms, but the foolish ones, they are, they are, they had insufficient oil. No. They were moving in the day. So there was no need to trim the alarms. Okay? So you could not distinguish the wise from the foolish. Same thing. You can claim, you can, you can be going around, you know, claiming to be saved. You can be going around, you know, rolling with people that are saved. You can go around believing that you are saved because of your works or some other things. You cannot, I can't physically, we can't physically distinguish those who are saved from those who are not saved. Until it gets to that point. Okay? So there was no need to trim the alarms in the day. It was until it dawned on them. 
That's at midnight, verse 6. That was at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Look at verse 7. That says, Then all the virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. Can you see that? So this was the time for the trimming of the lamps. To see if there was anything. Okay? The trimming of the lamp was the time to expose yourself. To, I mean, to expose yourself. Like it's time to see whether you can gain an entry. Okay? Now, they, they trimmed their lamps. Okay? Verse 8 says what? And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. Can you see that? Can you see that? Okay, so the difference was already obvious now. Right or right? Huh? Right or right? Okay, the difference was already obvious now. Okay, now look at one thing that I said, so you don't get confused. Said, Give us of your oil. For our lamps are going out. I think KJV used the word are gone out. Right or right? That means it did not, it, I mean, it, it, I mean, their lamps refused to trim. Right or right? To be trimmed. Okay? Now, some, some versions, like even the new KJV version, uses the, um, the new, um, I mean, the present continuous tense going out. But either ways, it see, either ways, it still proves that there was no oil. Because if you, if, for example, if you get a new lamp now, you know those lamps, those lamps that we used to use then. And you don't put kerosene. If you light it, won't it light? It will light, but it will come, it will come out. It will go out. Okay? Either ways. Okay. So you just follow. Okay? So there was, the, the foolish didn't have oil at all. Now verse 9. It says what? Now, so the foolish asked the wise that, well, please give us of your oil. Right or right? Okay? Because their lamps were gone out. Now they responded by saying, no, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. So that means it was that point that the, the foolish ones just had, just realized the need for oil. Right or right? So at that point, they just realized. Now their response was that what? No, let us know enough for us. Or for us and you. Go rather to those that sell and buy for yourselves. Okay. Now you know that it's not like the, full, the wise ones were unwilling. Maybe they were unwilling to, to, to share their oil. But what? Salvation is what? It's personal. By the way, salvation is personal. The faith of one person cannot save another. Salvation is personal. The faith of one person cannot save another. Remember, Judas Iscariot was part of the audience. By the way, but we found out in John 6 that what he did not believe. Jesus said that what I know there are some of you that do not believe. Now we have to explain that what for he knew those who do not believe and he that would betray him. Okay? So the faith of one person cannot save another person. So that's what you were trying to say. That was, you should get your own. Alright. Okay, so after that response, verse 10 now says what? And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding. And what happened? And the door was shut. Can you see that? The door was shut. Now, okay, so one thing is obvious, it's quite obvious that the bridegroom is apparently Jesus in the second coming. Alright. Okay, so what this text 
is simply stressing is that when Jesus returns, it will dawn on everyone. And for sure, everyone would believe, but it would be too late by then. For example, thank God we, 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 we saw an allegory that was used for, um, for the, sec- the sudden destruction of Jerusalem last, last, um, that we saw last week. For the son of Jerusalem in 70 AD. Now, for example, no, look at the, 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 the story of Noah. Noah was preaching to them that, that floods were, I mean, a flood was going to come right away. And they did not believe. They were laughing at him, eating and drinking. Because what rain had never fallen in that time. That there had never been a single instance of rainfall in that time. So, like, when you're not telling me that floods will come and destroy the earth, which kind of impossible situation, I mean, um, um, story. Or, or, or statement is that, all right? Now, when the flood came, now the door when um, Noah and his family, the eight of them, when they entered into the ark, the door was shut. Why the right? When the flood came, the people that did not believe, didn't they believe? They believed. Why the right? But it was too late, wasn't it? It was. So the fact that when Jesus comes in His glory, they will all believe. Ah, that is actually the Christ. But by then. To have been too late. That is exactly what this story is, 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 um, is, is um, stressing. Alright. So it's important for you to get that. You know, remember Luke's, Luke's account of Matthew 7 that we saw. I want us to even turn there. So we'll, we'll point out um, a, a very important thing. Luke 13. While I round, round off with this parable and move ahead. Luke, I want to point out some verses in that chapter. Luke 13. See verse 23. Are we there? Are we there? Okay. Look at verse 23. It says what? Um, a minute. It says what? Then one said to him, Lord, are there few who are saved? So this is a question of salvation. Why the right? Huh? Okay. And he answered and he said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow gates. For many, I said to you, will seek to enter, but will not be able. Can you see that? Can you see that? It says what? When once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. And he will answer and say to you, I did not know you, where you are from. Can you see that? So people will strive to enter later, but it will have been too late by then. To enter now through the narrow gate. That is the same thing as what? Have oil now. Okay? Go with oil now. Be wise. Faith. In Christ Jesus, believe in me now while you still can. Okay? So back to, um, to, um, to verse, um, chapter 25, verse 11. This is what, afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, What assuredly I say to you, I do not know you. Can you see that? I do not know you. Because he didn't know them, did he? You know, we, 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 well, we saw that while we concluded Matthew 7, the fortnight ago. You know, Jesus knows those that are his. Right or right? He says, well, I know my sheep. And my sheep know me, John 10. Okay, I know my sheep. Okay, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. I give to them eternal life. Alright. says that was, I do not know you. Okay? I do not know you. 
you find that what many of these, many of many of Jesus' parables are actually intertwined. Many of them are intertwined, and we will find that as we follow, so at least to an extent. Okay, so Matthew 25, uh, the parable of the wise and foolish virgins, the parable of the ten virgins, is not a warning to the church. Okay, because even the, even the church has not been established by them, had it? You have not even died, you have not risen from the dead. So they have not been church, they have not been anything as Christianity in the first place. Okay, but basically, from the, the clear evidence we have seen so far, it's not even a warning to the church. But rather to everyone. Okay? So the, cent- the central theme, the central theme of this discussion, of this discourse, is salvation. Okay? The central theme of this discussion is salvation. Not about keeping yourself holy in order to enter heaven, but what being saved in order to enter the kingdom. Being saved. Okay? You know, keeping yourself holy, talking about a preservation of salvation, is like a preservation of salvation that, talks that, um, that would indicate going with extra oil. Okay? Because you had oil, but it could be insufficient. But we have seen from this discourse that what, it was not a, a situation or scenario of not having extra oil, but a scenario of not having oil at all. Versus having oil. And not like having extra oil. But what having oil. So it is not, it is not um, those that didn't have sufficient oil versus those that had abundant oil, but those that didn't have oil versus those that had oil. Okay? The oil on its own is sufficient. Okay? So it is now a question of do you have it or don't you have it? If it's clear, let me see your hands. If it's clear. Are you very sure? Any question before we proceed? Alright, so, um, as the plaintiff succeeded in convincing us through Matthew 25 as 1 to 12, the Bible of the Ten Virgins, um, that we can use our salvation. Okay, um, well, let's, we'll keep giving him the benefit of a doubt as we, uh, proceed. Alright, now, um, the next one I'll be going with is, okay, that was why, okay. Uh, let's go ahead. Um, I'll, I'll, the next one is uh, Matthew, I mean, it's verse um, 31 downwards. Okay, you just pay attention. Verse 31 downwards, the, um, the, the parable of the sheep and the goats. Okay, or the story about the sheep and the goats, how that the cinema will come and divide the sheep and from the goats. Okay, but before we even talk about that, let's, let me just, um, let me just, because there's actually there's actually some text in between the Bible of the Ten Virgins and that. Why the right? Okay, and we, we know I, I guess a familiar story as well. The Bible of the Talents. Why the right? Well, I, like I like I posted earlier today, I um, we do not consider it as a very as a strong enough evidence. Okay, that's why we are not um, we are not going to be um, deeply um, like studying that deeply. But at least I'm going to be giving some insight into it and. Is, is helpful. Okay. Now, as as we proceed into that, now I want you to know that you will notice that when I when I when I mentioned when we uh, examined this parable of the ten virgins, I stopped at verse twelve. Why the right? I didn't stop at verse thirteen, did I? But you see, it's actually convectional to stop at verse thirteen, isn't it? Eh? Watch therefore, for you don't know the hour or the, or the time when the son of man will come. All right. 
Well, there are some arguments. Now, of course, if you see the paragraph, we see that what, um, the, the Bible of the Ten Virgins was actually taken as verse 1 to verse 13, while the Bible of Italians was taken from verse 14 to verse 30. Okay? But there are some arguments that the, that the paragraphing of the Bible of Italians should actually start from verse 13. And I agree with them for a number of reasons. Now, a number of reasons. Now, number one, let me give you a number of reasons now. Number one, we, we have seen that that um, we have seen that now verse 13 says what watch therefore for you don't know the hour or the day the son of man will come number one if you read the Bible of talents you see that what it seems to to suit that better than it suits suits um, the Bible of the ten virgins don't you think so don't you think so can you see that because the ten virgins it, it, it does not seem to suggest talk about time or or watching because all of them slumbered and slept can you see that? So then maybe some were awake, they were watching, they were, ah, it can come at any time. Why some were asleep? No. That's one. Okay, so it suits, verse, uh, it suits the Bible of the talents more. Okay? Now, another question is that, I mean, another thing that, that makes us think in this verse, uh, because you use the word therefore. So seeing the word therefore, um, seeing that it suggests that, ah, if you say watch therefore, then it must have been talking, it must be talking about, that means he's talking, bringing reference to what he has said earlier, right? Now that word is actually true. I think it's the word ooh in the Greek or something like that. However, that word therefore does not always does not always work that way. I mean that particular word ooh in the Greek. I think it's OU there or something like that. Okay? It does not always bring reference from the previous statement. Okay? Sometimes it 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 is to draw attention to what it's about to say. Which I believe is working here. Now, one thing that, that, that helps to, 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 um, to, to, um, buttress that is verse 14. But this is what, for the kingdom of heaven, it started with the word, word for. Can you see that? Now that word for, actually, is the word, is the major word that suggests, that entirely suggests every time, that always draws reference from the previous statement being made. So when it says for, that means it must, it must have been talking about what he said earlier. When it's like when he said, watch therefore, for you don't know the, uh, you neither know the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man will come in. For the kingdom of heaven. Can you see that? Can you see that? That was, that was the same word that was used in Matthew 21. I mean Matthew 1, 21. That said that what, and he shall bring for the Son, and that shall call his name Jesus. For he shall save. Can you see that word? He, can, he shall be called what? He shall call his name Jesus. And I have explained that what Jesus means what? Salvation. Yahweh saves. That says, for he shall save. Can you see that? It seems to suggest something like because. Okay? So you can never, you can never, you, you, once you have learned in English parlance that what you can never start a statement with because. Because always draws from something said earlier. Okay? So that, that, that is just to explain. Now, one other thing that helps to buttress this is that there is actually a, uh, 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 a text that can be taken in comparison with that, in, that's Luke's account in Luke 19. You could just bookmark this and let's turn to Luke 19. I'm not going to read through. I just want to point out something. Luke 19, 11 to 27. Are we there? Luke 19, 11 to 27. Are we there? You could just bookmark um, Matthew 25. I will just see Luke 19 in a moment. Now, it is, it is actually the same story as well. Just that, now, there are actually, there are some differences. From Luke's account, Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem when he said this. 
But in Matthew's account, Jesus was already at Jerusalem. Are you following me? And there are some differences. For example, here it talks about minas and some other things. Um, talk about some, some citizens that did not want him to reign over them and how that they were destroyed and everything. But one thing I want to point out is verse 11. Are we there? Are we there? Verse 11 says what? Now, as they heard these things, he spoke another parable because, look at all, because he was near Jerusalem and because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. Can you see? That means the people we were talking to were people that were thinking that the kingdom of God will appear very soon. Is that what? That means it shows that what this statement or um, this um, Christ the word parable that I was going to talk about in reference to that is what is the parable that has to do it. That has a reference to time. Are you following me? Okay. Similar with Matthew 25 from verse, um, the, the parable of the talent in Matthew 25. So it, it suggests better that verse 13 should actually be part of that. Alright. Just like he said in verse 13, see that word, watch therefore, look at verse 13 again of verse 20, of, 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 of chapter 25, see that word, watch therefore for you know neither the day nor the hour. That means you do not know the time. So if you are thinking that it's very soon, no, you don't know the time. If you think that you know the time that it's very soon, no, I'm telling you that you don't know the time. Then I goes ahead to talk about the parable of the talent. And when he gave them talent according to their ability and um, um, at, at, at the end, I mean, why two worked with their talent, the other one did not work with his talent and everything. Now, one thing that is very important to point out as well is that the word talent is not talking about potential. And that's a very big error that many people are making. That word talent in, in Jewish parlance in, in the first century when this setting happened, talent is the biggest division. Should I the word division? Or biggest value of money. Are you following me? It's just doing money. For example, the biggest in this today's world it should be pound sterling, right? Okay, that's the same way talent was in the first century. Are you following me? It is more. It's talking about money, not talking about dancing. You know, it's so bad that it looks like there are so many ways to 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 miss heaven now. One way to miss heaven is by if you if you don't if you you have it. God gave you a talent of singing and you used to sing in church. You you go to hell. God give you a talent to, to you know how to talk to children and they will like you. And if you used to go join children department, you go to where? You know, and that's something it actually shows that it's 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 actually two words. It shows that it buys the doors. Because we are the same it's the same people that believe that someone that accepts Jesus on the deathbed will still make it to heaven. And that person will not have time to even use his talent in the first place. So why are you trying to make a distinction? <laughs> so talent is talking about money, oh please, it's talking about money, money. It's not talking about <laughs> it's not talking about potentials. Okay. Now as I round off about that, now one thing we can see, okay, is that one of the statements that Jesus used for for I mean for the two servants that made use of their talents, that were fruitful with their talents, that bore fruit with their talents, was that what he called them was good and faithful servants. By the way, right? the ta- the other one that did not work with his talent, he called him what he called him what wicked. Okay, okay. You, in some verses, in some verses, you see the word unprofitable. Okay, you, but in this version, you use the word wicked and slothful. Can you be slothful, right? Okay, yes, yeah, lazy. Okay, wicked and and slothful. Now that word wicked actually is 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 the word that it means is it means evil in the Greek. That word evil, I think it has to do with something like maybe cackles or something. It has to do with evil. 
That's the same word I was using in Matthew 7, verse 7 to 18. When we was talking about that, you, you see that it's going to make sense to you that it's talking about those that are saved, the people that are not saved. That's the word I was using in Matthew 7. When in, in that Matthew, that's in Matthew 7, when it said, Beware of false prophets, for they come in, um, uh, as sheep, but inwardly are ravenous words. You're not going to use that word. Not, I mean, every good tree cannot bear what? Evil fruits. Now can a word, an evil tree, bear good fruits. Can you see that? That word evil there is the same word that was used there. Alright. So actually, this is not a text of losing salvation or not. You know, one of the things that we could see that was the claim of the of the, the, the unprofitable servant. What did he say? He said, what, I know that you are, you are a wicked, I mean, you are an um, austere master that reaps where he does not sow. You remember the story, right? Okay, and he was saying all that and all that and all that. Okay, therefore I eat the something. So when you have come, I've given it to you back, just the way you gave me and everything. And he said that what you know that I know you where I know. So why didn't you put it in the bank? At least it will yield some interest before I come. No matter how small the interest is, because it's that if we see if we see that in today's setting, you just take a money and you keep it for a while, for years. You know that by the time years come, the money that will use the value most likely. Don't you know that? <laughs> I we going to try it. Have one, keep one thousand there for a couple of years. <laughs> All right. Okay. Now let let's be optimistic about our economy, though. All right. Okay. So one thing one thing we can see, one thing we can see is that um. Okay. I've explained that what talent is not talking about potential, dancing. Singing, maybe you have good homiletics, you can move about, you can move about. Can you hear me? So you be ah, no, if I can say that very well, I can also be a pastor. If I don't become a pastor, ah, I'll go to where I'm God, ah, I mean, ah. You know, it just looks like maybe we don't want to go to where by force. Don't be bringing out different recipes of hell. Okay? Of hell making, or making hell, you know, and that's wrong actually. Now, like I've explained, no. So he says that what the the the, the, the wicked servant said that what I know that you are that you are an austere master that does not that that reaps where does not sow. That's why I said to hide it and everything. I know that actually that statement actually draws. It actually takes you to a reference. The the best reference for that statement was is um, Exodus five. Now the story of Pharaoh when um, the the children of Israel they were they were. Um, they were they were serving them and everything. You know, after a fail, that failed that grew that did not know Joseph. You know, you know the story to an extent, right? And he started to maltreat um, the children of uh, the children of um, Israel. Okay, and um, you know they, they 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 began to become they became laborers for the Egyptians. You know, they they have them um, they have straw that they were using to make bricks and everything and everything and work 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 tirelessly. Now when David, I mean sorry, Moses came, that was going to that what uh, God has sent me to deliver you. And Moses and everyone went to meet Pharaoh. And Pharaoh was like, ah, who is that God? Ah, it's like you guys are enjoying. That is why. Not told the what the um the people the the what 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 are they called the house masters or the people that are in charge of the supervisors that what do not give them straw anymore. They are enjoying too much. That is why. Don't give them raw material anymore. They will go and get raw material by themselves and make the brick. And they must make it. So that that's exactly the kind of idea that brings here. That Pharaoh wanted to repair the so. But does that idea, but is that, is that actually true in this, in this statement? Because in this context, the master actually gave them a raw material to work with. Didn't he? He did, right or right? Just that he, just that the wicked 
servant refused to work with it. So the issue was not actually with the master, but with the was but with the wicked servant's understanding of the master. His his um, idea or his his own um um understanding, try the word understanding, his opinion of the master. That was where the issue was. Okay? And you see that that's actually very similar. If you see the story very well, that's very similar with, with what happened, I mean, what the Jews were doing. The Jews are um, spared by the Pharisees and the scribes and the chief priests. You know, they, they, they did not see Jesus as worth it. That ah, we are waiting for one savior that is going to come and save us and everything and everything. And you just come from nowhere. You are a common capital's um, child. And you are claiming that you are, you are the one that all the prophets, the prophets have been talking about for different centuries, for thousands of years. You're not saying that you are the one they are talking about. You come on, servant. You want to regret it also. <laughs> Who are you? Who do you claim to be? And everything. Who are you? <laughs> okay? Who do you claim to be and everything? And you said that, that was obvious. You know, they, 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 they persecuted him. You see, um, in um, Acts 3 accounts, I think, uh, Acts 3, yeah. That's what they say that was, but you denied the Holy One and the just. And you asked if for a murderer to be given unto you. In Acts 4, verse 11, that what this is the stone that was rejected by you builders that has become the chief cornerstone. Can you see that? See, my, um, in, um, 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 I'm going ahead to Acts 9. When, um, when uh, on the way to Damascus, when the light shone on Paul, see that what Paul or Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? That way, it is hard for you to kick, to kick against the pricks. So, even in trying to persecute, that's that exactly what it is. Okay, trying to persecute, persecute the, 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 I mean, the uh, movement of Christ, as it were. You know, if you, if you read carefully Luke's account, that Luke 9, 11, um, Luke 19, 11 to 17, I mean 11 to 27, you find that what the, um, the, the evil people did not want the Lord to reign over them. That was why they were destroyed. That yeah, would bring those people that didn't want me to win over them, that didn't want me to come again and destroy them. Okay? So that's what people that are persecuting the Christian movement or Christian faith, they are doing. They don't believe in yeah, the kingdom. What, which kingdom are you talking about? Who, who, who is the king? Is Jesus Christ? Okay? But, but um, should I say, unfortunately for them, there's nothing they can do against it. Just like Jesus told Paul, it's hard for you to kick against the pigs. Because you only hurt yourself. <laughs> the kingdom will progress. One of, the, like, one of the parables that Jesus said about the kingdom, the kingdom is like what, 11, that was added to a dough. I mean, to, it was put in a many measures of dough, and what, all the doughs became 11, 11 sorry. 11 that was put in, when I say 11, I'm talking about something like yeast now, that's the best example. You put it around the door where there are many doors. And you know, all of them we get leavened. Okay? So that what the kingdom of God, uh, God is like a mustard seed. That is very small. You plant it and it becomes a very mighty tree. That's it. The kingdom of God will keep progressing. Nothing you can do against it. Okay? Alright. I, I think at least to an extent you have an idea and insight into, into the parable of the talents, right? Okay? Alright. So the talent is not going to have potential, so. So I want you to know that. So the kingdom of God is progressing. Okay. Jesus. Jesus. 
Jesus, there's just something about your name, Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain. Oh, Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim. For kings and kingdoms shall pass away, but there's just something about your name. Your kings and kingdoms shall pass away, but there's something eternal about the name of Jesus. Same with his kingdom, <laughs> a kingdom that will know no end. <laughs> Hallelujah. Kings and kingdoms shall pass away. Move to verse 31. But there's just something about your name. Verse 31. Now the story of the sheep and the, uh, and the goats. Okay, let me just read it through. Let's, let, let, let's, okay, let's just read it through. Okay, verse 31 says, When the Son of Man comes in His glory, and the holy angels with Him, and He will sit on the throne of His glory, and all the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate them one from another, and as a shepherd divides the sheep from the goats, and He will set the sheep on, the right hand, on His right hand, but He will set the sheep on His right hand, but the goat on His left hand. The King will say to those on the right hand, Come ye, blessed of my, fa- blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food, I food I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? But when did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to him, Surely I say to you, in as much as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in naked, and you did not clothe me sick, and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, As surely I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to did it not to one of those, the least of these, you did it not to me. Or you did not do it to me. Then these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Hmm. I, I, I think it's a strong one. <laughs> I think it's a strong one. So should we, should we just give up at this point and allow the plaintiff to, to at least be happy today? Okay. <laughs> lie, lie. <laughs> Alright. Glory to God. 
All right. Actually, just like I said earlier, when I was um, talking briefly about going to talk briefly about the parable of the talents, you know, there seems to be so many ways of losing our salvation and missing heaven. Okay, there seems to be so many ways. You know, one way is what don't don't give to the poor, Abby. When you see the poor, some like poor that is hungry. And you, uh, and you do not give the person food. What happened? You miss heaven. Ah. But come to think about it. Who will make heaven then? Because yeah, he didn't say, I was hungry. Uh, or, or how can I even put it? You know, it, it never seemed to pay attention or to consider maybe he did not have money. That's why he did not give the poor or something. You did not give. <laughs> but is this actually what Jesus is saying? The only thing is worth investigating. Okay, let's do that. I'm very sure, almost from the beginning, when I start the major investigation, it is have got it clear to an extent. Alright, now what we have seen so far from verse um, 33 is that it is what, it is something about sheep versus goats. Right or right? Huh? Right or right? Okay, now, in, in, I want to be very fast with this now, so I will be able to focus very well on the next one. Okay, now, um, look at something very briefly in John chapter 10. John chapter 10, just bookmark um, Matthew 25 and move to John 10 in a moment. John chapter 10, verse 24. I know I, 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 I made a reference to this earlier, I, I want us to do that together again. Are we there? John 10, 24. Are we there? Okay, to 30. Now it says what? Look at what it says. It says, Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. So the, 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 the subject of this statement is that what? Is Jesus the Christ? Right or right? About Jesus being the Christ. Look at what Jesus said in verse 25. Jesus answered and said, I told you and you do not believe. So what do the Jews not believe? Okay, that Jesus is the Christ. Okay, look at the works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you do not believe. Because what? You are not of my what? Sheep, as I said to you. And I said that what? That's a what? An obviously implicated statement. A statement that has an implication that what? Who are his sheep? Those that what? That believe that Jesus is the Christ. Say so what? My sheep hear my voice and I, and I know them and they follow me. What does it mean to hear his voice? To acknowledge what he's saying, his testimony about himself, that he is the Christ. Okay? And I give to them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who gave them me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I am my Father, I one. Okay? So we are able to see that what the sheep are those that believe in Jesus. Right or right? Okay? Now, the next thing we can notice from the parable, this same um, story of the sheep and goats in uh, Matthew 25, is from verse 37. Is that it's not just, it didn't just qualify them as sheep versus goats, but in verse 37, look at it, it says what? The righteous will answer to him. That means he called the sheep righteous. Why the right? He called those on the right hand, they are called what righteous. Why the right? Okay. So it was, you see that it is a statement of righteousness as well. Now, bookmark that and move to Romans 3 in a moment. Romans 3 in a moment. Very fast, please. Very, very fast. 
you guys shouldn't slow me down. I want to try my best to. I want to be as fast as possible, okay? <coughs> Sorry. Are we there? Romans chapter 3, verse 21. Are we there? Are we there? Can we verse 21 and 22 together, everybody? Are we there? One to go. Everybody, one to go. But now the wiseness of God, apart from the law, is revealed. I can't get everybody being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the wiseness of God through faith in Christ Jesus, to all and all upon all who believe, for there is no difference. Can you see? See that what the wiseness of God is by faith in Jesus Christ to all and upon all them that believe. So you see that what righteousness is received by how? By faith in Jesus. Why the right? Who are the sheep? Those that what have faith in Jesus. So what we have seen so far is that what there's an obvious connection between the sheep and the righteous. Why the right? And that's what faith in Christ Jesus. Okay? So the sheep are the righteous. I guess that's clear enough. Why the right? Huh? Okay. Um, now it's obvious from from the story from the passage that what that it agrees that the sheep and are the righteous. Okay. Okay. Now, now so far from from the little things that we did from getting points from out, uh, outer verses to an extent we can want to convince ourselves about this passage. Why the right? Why the right? That's that is probably talking about. Okay, I'm I'm. Carefully using the word, perhaps or probably now, talking about believers as unbelievers. Right or right? Okay. But let's be honest with ourselves. The points I've given so far, they are clear, right or right? But are they convincing enough? So that means if I believe in Jesus, I have I have clothed him. I have, I have automatically given to, I've automatically given uh, things to, uh, I mean, actually the stranger in, giving food to the hungry, clothes, someone that is naked. Is that true? Is that convincing enough? So we see that there's actually, we have, that, that is just to help us to have a good idea, so we'll be able to, we'll be more balanced, maybe I should that word, more settled, while we do the major work of investigating, by the right. We want to investigate now very, in, 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 very briefly. Okay, so the passage uh, agrees, uh, obviously, that the sheep are the righteous. But the question is, who are being spoken about here? Okay? Now, I want you to know that the best way to understand is by investigating Jesus' words. Is by investigating Jesus' words here. That is, where he is coming from, or rather, where he was coming from, and what he was insinuating. Okay? So Jesus had been saying some things earlier. That if you pay attention to, will help you in understanding this. From the moment we started investigating, it started to get clear. That's the way I was shocked when I, when I first got to understand this verse. Because I remember many times, you know, trying to work out, brain, what is this talking about? Ah, of all things, of all ways to lose salvation <laughs> and everything. Alright, now move to what you just earlier in chapter 10. So the question, the question, in, uh, the question about this is that what, you just said that what, no, they were asking, the just asked in a way, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink, by the right? Okay, and every other thing, and Jesus said that what, in as much you did it to the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me, by the right? By the right? Okay, so the question is that what, who are the, quote unquote, my brethren here? 
That's the question we need to understand. Who are the, my brethren here? Who are the brethren that he's talking about? Move to Matthew chapter 10. His statement, his earlier statements. Are we there? I'm waiting. Okay, look at verse 1. Are we there? Now it says what? And when he called his twelve disciples to him, he gave them power and, and to over unclean spirits to cast them out and heal all kinds of sickness and diseases and all kinds of disease. Now the, the name of the twelve, we know the name of the twelve. He says, um, then he said to them, verse 5, he says, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, nor enter into the city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you have received, freely give. Provide neither gold, nor silver, nor copper in your money belts, nor bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor staff, for a worker is worthy of his food. Now, notice verse something in verse 10. Say that was a worker is worthy of his food. Maybe KJV is, maybe is it laborer in KJV or a worker? Okay, workman, okay. A workman or a worker or a laborer is worthy of his food. And that says what? Now, is it food that is in KJV? Meat, I thought that's much. That's my the Greek. It means all kinds of food. Now, it's talking about food basically. Now, says, now look at, pay attention. So he, he, he commissioned them to go out, right? To go out with their ministry to preach and heal. Why the right? And that was, it's not taking things with them. Because what a laborer is worthy of his food. Are you following me? Are you following me? You have an idea right now. Verse 11 says, Now, whatever city or town you enter, inquire who in it is worthy. When it means who is worthy, it means that what, whoever what receives you. Are you following me? Whoever accepts you in. in. Because obviously you are a stranger. Now that's what. And stay there till you go out. Can you see that? Huh? Huh? Now say what? And when you go into a household, greet it. If the household is worthy, that's if they receive you. Let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. Can you see that? That says, and whoever will not receive you. That means that's talking about the house that is not worthy now. So you see that we're talking about reception or not receiving. Are you following me? Yeah? And whoever will not receive you, verse 14, nor hear your words. Look at, when you depart from that house or city, shake up the dust from your feet. As surely I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Now, let me take a pause. Are you beginning to have an idea already? Huh? This is Matthew 25, that story of the sheep and goats, beginning to, at least to an extent, make some sense to you. And Toby? Okay. Now, let's, let's just go ahead a little. See verse 40. Or oh, that's in Matthew 10. Are we there? Are we there? Look at it. It says what? He who receives you does what? Can you see that? He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. He, look, I now see goes ahead to say something. I want you to pay attention. Are we there? Say the words, he that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous, man, righteous man's reward. And whosoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, as surely I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. So what is he talking about? Say the words, a righteous man, a prophet, if you receive the prophet man, a prophet or a righteous man in the name of a prophet or a righteous man, you will receive their reward. So what is the word talking about? They are said earlier that what go 
and preach. So when you say the reward he is talking about what you will receive from his ministry. Okay? You will receive his, his message. You will, I mean, he's going to preach to you. You will see from his ministry. Because he's not just going to preach. He's going to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely. Can you see what Jesus meant? Now when he said the laborer is worthy of his reward. That was when you go somewhere. Do not take extra things for your own welfare. Because whichever um, house receives you will be responsible for your welfare. Is that clear? Look at Mark's account of that very fast. Mark 6. Our time is really going. So let's be very fast. Mark chapter 6. Are we there? Are we there? Mark 6. I'm looking. I'm reading from verse 7. Please we are like... Like I've taught us, we compare accounts. So, we are, we are moving to Luke and John as well. So, let's be very fast. Are we there? Mark 6 verse 7 says, And he called twelve to himself and began to send them out two by two um, to, and give them power over unclean spirits. And he commanded them to take nothing and everything. Look at verse 10. He says, what? Um, in whatever place you enter, in whatever place you enter, I'll stay there till you depart from that place. That means they will receive you. Right or right? That says, that whosoever will not receive you nor hear you, when you depart from there, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. As surely I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah than for in the day of judgment than for that city. Look at verse 12. So they went out and preached that people should repent. Can you see that? And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. Can you see that? Okay. Move to Luke's account. Luke chapter 9. Very fast. Luke chapter 9. Are we there? I won't wait for anyone. Verse 1 says what? Then he called his twelve disciples together and he gave them power and authority over all demons to, and to cure diseases. And he told them to, um, the, to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he told them that they should go to everywhere. Look at verse 4. And that says what? Whatever house you enter, stay there and from there depart. Can you see that? And that says that what? And whoever will not receive you. When you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet as a testimony against them. So they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Right or right? Now the next chapter, chapter 10, when he sent the, 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 the 70 with the same commission. Look at verse 5. It says, But whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, that means someone that receives you, say that what? Your peace will rest on it. If not, that means they don't receive you, it will, your peace will return to you. That says, and remain in the same house. Are you there? Luke 10 verse 7. Are you there? It says, and remain in the same house. Look at, eating and drinking such things as they give you. That says, what for a laborer is worthy of his wages. Can you see that? Do you understand that statement now, right? That they will be responding for your welfare. That says, what? Do not go from house to house. It says, whatever city you enter. And they receive you. Look at it. it says, eat such things as they said before you. Look at that says what? And heal the sick there. And say to them, the kingdom of God has come to you. Can you see that? If they receive them, they will receive what? A righteous man's reward. You will heal the sick there and preach that what the kingdom of God has come to you. You will receive what? Their ministry. That's their ministry. Now goes to say that what? In verse 10. But whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, go out into the street and say, the very dust of your city, which clings to us, will wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know you know this that the kingdom of God has come near you. But I say to you that it will be more tolerable in that day, that's talking about the day of judgment, for Sodom than for that city. Look at what now follows. That says what? Woe to you. 
Now he's talking about cities that did not receive. That did not receive him. He says, Woe to you, Koazim. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sack, clothes, and ashes. But it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. That's to hell. Um, to, that's about destruction to death. He who hears you. Now look at verse 16. Are we there? See what? He who hears you, hears me. Can you see that? Can we read verse 16 together, everybody? Are we there? Want to go? He who hears you, hears me. He who rejects you, rejects me. And he who rejects me, rejects him who sent me. Can you see that? Can you see that? See John's account, John 13. John chapter 13. Are we there? See verse 20, just one verse there before we go ahead to um, round up in Matthew 25. Are we there? John 13, 20. It says, Most assuredly I say to you, He who receives whomever I send, receives me. Can you see that? And he who receives me, receives him who sent me. Can you see that? So, um, it's important for you to know something very clear, clearly. That I didn't say, so it's not the different notion we have always done from inference, we have always made from the text that, ah, if you don't give something to a, to a beggar, when you pass by a beggar and you not give him, you have what? You have despised Jesus. Because the, the beggar is in the image of Jesus. So you are, if you, are, you do not give him, you are what? Automatically despise Jesus. But what did Jesus say in verse, in verse 20 here? Whomever, he so receives whomever I was. There's something that is spectacular or that is specific about the person. Whomever I was, I sent. Can you see that? I mean, the person is sent. So if you receive that person, you receive me. If you reject that person, you reject me. Can you see that? Okay? So who were my brethren? When Jesus was talking about the Matthew 25, as we go back there. Huh? Who were my brethren? Those that would go about with the gospel on their lips. What did you say? You said something. Okay, those he sent. Okay? So he's talking about those that would go about with the gospel on their lips. Talk about preachers of the gospel. Okay? So you see that what's receiving them is receiving their ministry, their message. And that's salvation, right? Right or right? You see? So these are the sheep. And we saw earlier, believers. Can you see that? So what's rejecting them is rejecting their message. And that's unbelief, isn't it? Huh? See that? And that's why Jesus said in Luke's account that what woe unto them. Can you see? So just the, don't just suddenly come and say that Jesus is saying that what if you don't give a beggar woe unto you, you are going to perish. Uh-uh. Don't be angry on Jesus' behalf now. Okay? So that's why Jesus said woe unto them because they did not receive the message. If you don't receive the message, of course, you don't receive the message. <laughs> okay? So they hear the message and look at they hear the message and they see the mighty works, but still are hardened in unbelief. These are the goats, unbelievers. So Matthew 25, are we there? So you see that it makes a lot more sense now. Look at verse 37 now. Matthew 25, 37, are we there? Are we there? Look at verse 37. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? 
or thirsty and give you drink, whether you see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you, or when you see you sick or in prison and come to you, and the king will answer and say to you. You see everything that I mentioned here is talking about welfare. Okay? Welfare. Don't, don't forget the laborer is worthy of what? His reward. By the way, okay? Of his, of his food, sorry. Okay? Now that is what, um, and, okay? And come to you. And the king will answer and say to you, as surely I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. That's 44. It says, then, it, then they also will answer him. That's talking about the others, the goats. Saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them saying, and surely I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. Look at verse 40. It says what? I'm in verse um, 46. And these will go away into everlasting punishment. Don't forget, he said what will move on to you. Move on to those cities that will not receive you. Because what will be worse, will be more tolerable than for the, of, um, for the kingdom of Sodom and Gomorrah and Tyre and Sidon than for that city. He said this will go away into everlasting punishment for the righteous into eternal life. So it's clear now, right? Okay? So is this talking about the laws of salvation? Huh? No. See that? It's just about being careful to investigate. You know why I always teach very well about you know, we see one thing that I have those that I have those is true that as me you you want to understand this verse by reading the whole of Matthew 20, 25, you still will not understand it well enough. Don't you think so? See that one thing that helps is by reading the um, the book of the old book of Matthew holistically. That's that's what it means to read holistically. You read the whole. Okay. So don't just bring out a, a sum of the parts, but take it all. Okay. But one thing that is very important to point out as well, before I, before I uh, move to the next one, are we there? Verse 32. This is also very important to point out. Okay. Because one thing we, in, in the commission, I, okay, look at verse 32, are we there? It says, all nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them from one another. The shepherd separates or divides the sheep from the goats. Okay, so we see the word all nations. So it shows that what this still applies to now, actually. Okay. Now, basically, because um, the historian I gave in, in Matthew 10 and to, to this um, um, another account is that what they should not go to the world of the Gentiles. They should go only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. They should not even go to Samaria. So they should preach to only the Israelites. Okay. So for so for that time, until Jesus died, they were preaching to only Israelites. Okay. But that did not continue for long. After he goes again from the dead, Mark 16, you know, I mean, my Matthew 28, verse 18, he said that what, um, Jesus said, what all power has uh, on heaven and on earth is given unto me. That's what, go ye therefore. That's the end, just um, three chapters away from this statement. Okay? He said, what, go ye therefore and what teach all nations. This time around, what the message should be preached to all nations. Mark 16, verse 15 to 16, says that what, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that what he that believe is not condemned. But he that believeth not is what is condemned already. Okay? He that believes not is not condemned. I mean that believes is not condemned, but he that believes not will be condemned. Can you see that? Okay? The, the last verse in verse 20 now said that what so they went about and preached everywhere with what with signs following. Can you see that? So you see that what there was what the message 
and the words, the mighty works. But those people, even when they saw the message and the mighty works, in, in that first century time, they did not believe. And that same way it applies now to an extent. I mean, to, I mean, very well, very much. Okay? That was, they see the message and even the mighty works, but still I was hardened in unbelief. Can you see that? So is the, is the, try the word parable now, of the sheep and goats. Is it clear now? It is very clear. Let me see your hands. Alright, that's beautiful. Okay? So what, so has the plaintiff been able to convince us through, um, the, the parable of the sheep and goats that we can lose our salvation? Huh? No. So let's see one more before we round off today for this. Let's see, give the plaintiff the benefit of a doubt because he has many up his sleeve. Okay? Luke chapter 9. So I think we have successfully dealt with Matthew. Ah, I think Matthew gave us, ah, Matthew, ah, Matthew tried to give us a kind of a tough time. I've been in Matthew all this while. Wow. Luke chapter 9 and the very familiar verse as well, verse 62. Are we there? Luke 9, 62. Are we there? It says what? But Jesus said to them, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now, this is now something that could be troubling. <laughs> because now you talk about what you have started doing something and you draw back. Something like that. It suggests something like that. So it, it seems to suggest better, like as the plaintiff, plaintiff will put it, a loss of salvation. So do we give up at this point? <laughs> what do you suggest? Eh? Okay, he said we should investigate. <laughs> Alright, so let's, let's, let's do something very fast. Are we here? And please let me be very fast, so we'll be able to, let's see if we can beat time, because it's, ah, uh, let's see. Alright, are we there? Alright, now, he says, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now when I talk about plow, I think you have an idea what a plow means, right, in, in agriculture or farming. Um, anyway, do you have an idea of it? Okay, for plowing, you know what plowing is, right? It's one of the things that we do to, I think it's one of the things that is done to loosen the soil, right? So that it will be easier to cultivate. Okay? To an extent. Have you, have you ever had the word of tilling the soil before? Okay, so it's something similar to an extent. Okay, that's what plowing is. Thank you. Thank God you got that. Okay, now, now that word, verse 62, that word, it says what, if it looks back, is that word is not fit for the kingdom of God. I want you to know that that word fit. Now, from, you know, very soon we'll be moving into the episodes and we'll need to pay attention to origin of words better. Okay? So please, let's be very, okay? Um, okay, let's just keep that in mind. Okay, that word faith is the Greek word euthetos. And I will explain. E-U-T-H-E-T-U-O-S. Okay? Now, that word euthetos is obviously a compound word uh, from two root words. Word you, E-U. Why the right? Okay, you means what? Well. It means well. W-E-L-L. Okay? That word you means. Then we have the other word tithemi. T-I-T-H-E-M-I. So you said us is a compound word from two root words you and tithemi. Tithemi, T-I-T-H-E-M-I means to set. Okay? It means to set something or to put. Okay? To set, to put 
or please. When I say place, you know what place means now? To place something or to set something or to put something. You have an idea of what, that, what I'm saying, right? And I said that, well, you means what? Well. Are you following me? So when you take the two together, as a compound word, you set us, it means what? Well placed. Right or right? Right or right? Okay. But I want you to know something. But it is important to note that you set us does not talk about position in its basic use. You don't think about what, ah, you play something well, ah, place it like this, uh huh, so that it will be facing me, ah, uh-huh, I can see. For example, maybe you want to watch TV, ah, uh-huh. you people that are watching from here, they can see the TV better now, ah, uh, the Champions League final now, you guys should try to place it very well so everybody will be able to see it. We are turning like this, turning like this, no. It's not talking about position, actually, in its basic use. It talks about benefits, usefulness. I say, ah, this thing is well placed. Ah, basically, it's actually talking about when you say something, this something is fit. Ah, so I try talking about benefit or usefulness. Now, I'll buttress that for the next time. It's, it's going to get clear even when I buttress. You know, that word is used just three times in the New Testament Greek lexicon. In the whole New Testament Greek lexicon, it's used just three times in three references. And we're going to see them. Now, the first reference is this same Luke 9, 62, that says that was fit for the kingdom of God. But let's see the other two. And you see how that makes sense. Okay, look at chapter 14. Luke 14. Luke 14. Are we there? That says that what is talking about benefits, usefulness. Let's see how, how, how well. So we are going to see whether it's, you will see whether it, it truly talks about position or it talks about benefits or usefulness. Okay? Are we there? Luke 14, 20, and 34. Are we there? Are we there? Yes, Verse 34 and 35. Okay, look at what it says. It says, salt is good. Look at it. It says, but if the salt has lost its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit. Is it fit that is in your Bible? Okay. Look at it. It says, it is neither fit for the land, nor for the dung ale, but men throw it out. He was yes to hear, let him hear. Can you see what he says? That was salt is good, but if it had lost its flavor, its flavor, wherein will it be? How will it be seasoned? See that what it is neither fit for the land nor for the dunghill. So is he talking about position or usefulness? Because even a salt that that has, I mean that um, even okay. Just, let me just put it that way. Okay. Now, um, he's talking about what usefulness that is not useful anymore. Okay, it is not useful anymore. That's why you find you find the the, the cross um, reference of that in in um, um, in Matthew chapter five verse thirteen. It, it seems to use a, um, better I mean plainer words. Look at verse thirteen. Matthew five thirteen. It says that what um, um, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, savor. Where will, will it be sorted? Say that what is it dense for what? Is it dense for what? Good for nothing. Can you see that? Is that talking about position or, or benefit? Talk about usefulness, benefit. So we have seen one of the um, you, uh, the word fit, one of the um, references. Look at the second, I mean the last one. Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews 6. Hebrews chapter 6. Are we there? Hebrews 6 verse 7. Are we there? Remember verse 7. It says what? 
for the earth. Are we there? It says, for the earth which drinks in the rain. Let's talk about that receiving the rain, just like we can see rain for now. Okay? That often comes upon it and bears herbs useful. Okay, I think KJV used the word meat, right? Okay, that's the word, that's the same word. That word fit. Meat. Okay? Meat, now in this verse, even uses the word useful. Okay? So it brings forth what herbs that are useful or meat or fit for those by whom it is cultivated receives blessing from God. Okay? Receives blessing from God. Now see that word. But if it bears thorns and briars, it is rejected and near to be cursed, whose end is to be burned. Can you see? So herbs are useful. Thorns and briars are useless. Right or right? So since they are useless, what will happen? They will be what? Burned. Okay? But the herbs will be what? Will, I mean, is useful. Okay? So they will be used. Because they are useful. Okay? So move back to Luke 9. Are we there? Very fast. Are we there? Luke 9, 62. So do we agree now? Do we understand the use of the word euthetos now? Huh? Okay, it means useful. So, but Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is what useful for the kingdom of God. Can you see? Useful for the kingdom of God. So, does usefulness have to do with salvation or service? I'm asking. Service. Huh? For example, if, if a, a father should tell his child that you, because he's very lazy, you are not useful in this house. What does it mean? Does that stop him from being a child? Or does he say that he's not a part of the house? No. It means that what? He's not useful. That means he's not doing anything for their benefit. Okay. So let's follow the context now. Verse 57. Are we there? From verse 57 where the, where the paragraph starts. Okay. Are we there? Okay, it says, now it happened, and please pay attention, as they journeyed on the road, that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. So you see the word follow, right? Okay, now I want to know what, what for. Now it says, and Jesus answered and said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, Follow me. So we want to find out. Follow me. For what? For what purpose? Look at that says what? But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Now that's one reason he could not follow at that point. Or better put, one reason he he was try the word delaying. Or better put, that is a distraction. Why the right? Why the right? Because he wants to follow. But he wants to attend to something first. That is a distraction. Okay. Now, just pay attention. Okay? Now, that, that word means to lay hands on the plow. Okay? I've been accepted the work. Now, pay attention. Now, look at Jesus now saying, look at what Jesus says. I want to know what the following is for. Whether the following, for, whether the following is for salvation. Now, he says, let me first go and bury my father. Now, verse 60, Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But what? Okay, go down and preach the kingdom of God. So the following of Jesus was for what purpose? For salvation or to preach the kingdom of God? Huh? To preach the kingdom of God. Can you see that? And now look at verse 61. That says, And another also said, Lord, I will follow you. So he has accepted the work. 
But now says, but, and that the Samuel comes in again, let me go and bid farewell, bid them farewell who are at my house. Okay? But Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow. Can you see that what putting hand to the plow is what accepting the work? Okay? And looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now we need to understand that better. Now, I want you to know what Jesus often used, and it's going to be clear even when we, we, we continue from the next one next week. Okay? Now, Jesus often used the illustrations that they could relate with. Okay? So many of them were involved in farming. Are you following me? Okay? So, so now I want you to get this now. But now, this is farming. Now, thank God that's our next thing. I'll talk about plowing. Now, pay attention and look at me now. Now, this is a plow, a, a, a plower. As a man, I'm a plower now. I am, I am on the field. And I'm plowing. Now, a plower is supposed to take the plow and what makes straight furrows as he goes, as he's plowing the field. Are you following me? He makes straight furrows. So, if he gets distracted, no, don't forget, he's using a, it's just like a parable, an illustration, he's using a direct something, play out on the plow and looking back. So, if is making the straight forward and he accepts distraction. He gets distracted and he looks back. It will affect him and the forward will begin to bend. Are you following me? It won't be regular anymore. It will become irregular. So what Joe is saying that what the point that has accepted that job that claims to be a plowman and looks back, what happened? He is not fit for the job. By the right. Okay, he is not fit to be a laborer. He is not fit to be a plower. So you saying that what same with the kingdom. So from what we have seen in verse 60, what is the job of the kingdom? To what? To preach. Okay? So so the, the, the statement not fit for the kingdom of God, is it is it not fit as a member or not fit as a laborer? Huh? That statement, not fit for the kingdom of God. Is it not fit as a member or not fit as a laborer? Can you see that? Okay? So, can you see that what this is talking about, usefulness? Can you see that? Huh? Okay? So, it means the person is not useful to the kingdom of God. Because that word for actually should actually be true. It's the word eyes in the Greek, E-I-S. Okay? So it's talking about usefulness. It means the person is not useful to the kingdom of God. Okay? As a what? As a laborer. You will find that the, the statement that follows buttresses the point further. Look at it. says that was verse 62. Are we there? It says what? But Jesus said to him, Are we there? Verse 62. Please look into your Bibles. Fast, 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 fast. Are we there? It says what? But Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. After these things, Jesus, the Lord, appointed 70 or others also and sent them two by two. Don't forget, what was he going to send them to do? To preach, okay? Send them two by two into every city and place where he himself would go. Look at verse 2. Then he said to them, The harvest truly is great, but what? Can you see? He's talking about laborers. Can you see? But the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the, the Lord of harvest that he will send out laborers into his harvest. Can you see? Men that are fit for the job. Laborers. So is that what he's talking about? Laborers. Is it clear now? Yes, so does this have to do with salvation or service? service. Huh? Service. 
Now let me read out the good news, news translation. It says, What Jesus said unto him, anyone who starts to plow and then keeps looking back is of no use for the kingdom of God. Can you see? So he's not talking about being a member or not, but he's talking about being a, 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 a liberal or not, being a worker or not. What is the new international version? Does anybody have the new international version? Yeah. Okay. I, I, want you to, I want you to read that for yourself. That's why, that's why I'm going to wait briefly. The new international version. Very, okay, in a moment. Okay. So you see that what the good news version says, what Jesus said to him, anyone who starts to plow and then keeps looking back is of no use for the kingdom of God. Okay, verse um, Luke 9.62 in the New International Version. Who is there already? Okay, can you now pay attention to that, okay? Can you see that? Can you see that? Okay, so guys got go to explain it better. Pay attention to the context, okay? No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service. In the kingdom of God. Okay? So does the looking back talk about the loss of salvation or accepting distractions from service to God? Huh? Okay? Talk about what accepting distractions from service to God. So it is talking about unfaithfulness to God. Unfaithfulness to God. So what would be lost as a result of this? Salvation or rewards? Huh? Rewards. See that? Rewards. Okay? So just pay attention to the context many times. Just pay attention to what exactly is being talked about. Don't lift verses. Don't cherry pick. You know? And you find out that if you, if you do that, you know, if you, if you just calm down and pay attention, you, 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 you'll be able to get a clearer picture. You know, maybe, maybe we'll run away from the clear evidences that are in the Bible and they'll be chasing the obscure ones. Okay? So has the plaintiff been able to convince us through Luke 9, 62 that we can lose our salvation? Huh? No. Okay, so we see that by careful explanation, we see that that argument crumbles beneath the weight of clear evidence. Can you see that? Hallelujah. If you are clear so far with all we have studied, can I see your hands? Hallelujah. That's beautiful. Any question? Oh. Okay, so um, let me do it this way so it will be easier. If you, um, you have any questions so far in any of our studies, just um, make sure you get them across to me during the week so I'll be able to deal with them as we proceed. Um, um, from the next one. So from next week, we will proceed into the last um, one uh, we'll be examining in, among the four Gospels, John 15. Last two that talk about um, um, that he, um, um, any branch in me that does not bear fruit, he taketh away. I, I guess you are familiar, familiar with it, right? Any branch in me that bears no fruit, he taketh away. Okay, so he's not talking about the loss of salvation. So we'll continue with um, responding to all the claims of the defendants, every single thing that he um, gets to present 
okay, before this honorable court. Don't forget that our manual and legislation remains the Bible. Okay, so as long as we are going to remain sincere with God's word, they will choose to allow scripture to interpret scripture, okay, and not our opinions. That's why we took the oath. It's a pledge to be sincere with the word, okay? It's a pledge to be sincere with the word. How many of us are blessed, okay, as a result of this teaching? How many of us are glad to be here? Hallelujah. Can you just begin to bless God? Just bless God, bless God, bless God. Hallelujah. Bless his name. Bless his name. Hallelujah. It's beautiful to learn God's words. Oh, bless God for insight and revelation, for so much clarity. Oh, by the power of the Holy Ghost. Glory, glory, hallelujah.